Hey, Micah. Hey, Chris. Knock, knock. Who's there? Nana. Nana who? Nana, your business. <laughs> really? This is this is what we're doing? Yes, it is. Hey, Micah. Hey, Chris. What does an annoying pepper do? What? It gets jalapeno face. <laughs> you know, these jokes are some of the worst that I've ever heard. I mean, but they're funny, and I'm going to have to follow up with one. You made me do it. So here's my question. Hey, Chris. Hey, Micah. Where does the math teacher like to go on vacation? I don't know. Where does he like to go? Times Square. <laughs> That's pretty good. You got another one? Not in me, I don't. Oh, well, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Number 26. What's up, Chris? Well, we made it to 26. Uh, we're halfway there. We're halfway to a whole year. Uh, nice, nice. I liked your math joke. That was a pretty good one. Well, thanks. I don't have too many dad jokes in the arsenal, but that's that's one of them. It always tends to land. But yeah, 26. We're doing good. We don't have any ex-wives and 18 kids yet. So I guess we're not that popular of a podcast yet. Just joking. We're we're not getting. We're we're not happy for. The, for those listening that I might get in trouble with, that's not happening. Don't worry. It's a joke. It's a joke. All right. So we have a special uh, box today, Donut Box Podcast. Guess what? Before we do that, I have to tell you that we are now official in 20 states and nine countries. We got a, a listener in Seattle. So we got a listener in Washington. That's our 20th state. So we're uh, we're rocking and rolling, and we got a whole bunch of listeners all over the country. Uh, so the first segment is the old fashion donut which is a story from our past but this is going to be the last segment of uh characters from our past we will do this segment probably again sometime because we still have a whole bunch of crazy characters from our past so this will be the last one for a little bit and we're going to go back to telling stories next week uh but the first um character here actually i should say the only character on the old-fashioned donut this week is my uncle george he is actually my real uncle i'm not gonna say his name uh names have been changed to protect the innocent and his name is uncle george now micah tell them a little bit about what you know about uncle george (laughs) well the laugh should tell you everything already well uncle george was a was a great man and uh he had two sons and uh whatever Whenever we, Chris and I, first became friends, he was married to this lady. Um, let's call her Angie. That's that's who it was, Angie. And uh, he was married to this lady, and she wasn't a very nice lady. And one of the very first stories I heard for about Uncle George was how Chris got in trouble because he was over at um, Uncle George and Angie's house, and Angie was talking mess on Uncle George and was saying. Oh, he's a terrible driver. Chris, call him a maniac. Call him a maniac. And so Chris called him a maniac, and then he got in trouble with his parents. But anyways, I digress. So we knew about Angie. He had two kids. And, um, well, him and Angie started getting into a divorce. And I'm going to pass it back over to Chris. What happened with this with this divorce, Chris? Well, yeah, so they actually got uh, divorced. I think she was actually seeing another man. I'm not too sure. Uh, Now, to give you a little context, 
I'm not going to say whether it was on my dad's side or my mom's side, but he was the youngest brother uh, out of my mom and dad's side, uh, whichever side that may be. I'm not going to say it because my mom's listening and my dad is not listening, so that's a little hit right there. Um, but he was the youngest one, and he was the fun uncle, right? He was the fun uncle, and he, so he would always like take us to go do stuff, and you know, my cousins that were his kids were about that age, and so they were always hanging out with me and my brother. Um, so yeah, Uncle George uh, bounced around from house to house, and I remember he, he lived in a trailer at one point, and so whenever we would go spend the night at Uncle George's house, it was always like a new place, because I guess he was like, you know, just kind of trying to get back on his feet. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Me and Micah thought that Uncle George was so interesting that we launched a presidential campaign for him in 2008. Now, uh, when this was happening, uh, Barack Obama and John McCain, I think, were both running to be president of the United States. Me and Micah being the trailblazers that we were, we said, you know what? They should have a right end candidate. And who better to run the country than my Uncle George, a man that has no home and is divorced. Uh, no no shade throwing a divorce, people. Hey, it happens. But uh, I don't know. Why did we think he was so good enough to start our own presidential campaign for this man? I don't know. All I remember is we were sitting there and we were like, I don't like either person. I don't like because this was actually during the primary when we decided this. So there was like Rudy Giuliani. There was like all these people in the mix. And we were like, we don't like none of them. And I just remember, I, I don't remember who, but we were just sitting there and somebody just said, you know who would be good? Your Uncle George. He would be great. I guess we thought Fun Uncle gives you, uh, it would be a good person to run the country. I don't know. But, I mean, we had t-shirts made for this. We full on went through this you know, and we were we were committed, and we thought we were doing the right thing. I mean, we went to an amusement park in North Carolina, and we shouted "Vote for Uncle George" off the off the tallest uh, roller coaster there, and it was right there on the border of South Carolina and North Carolina. And we were like, "We're telling the states, we're telling the states to vote for Uncle George." And uh, we actually started a Facebook page, and it got like fifty likes from it. So who knows? We we might have we might have done something for good there. Yeah, it was also around the time when, like, Napoleon Dynamite uh, had been out for a little bit. So we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this catchphrase, uh, like, the Vote for Pedro. Now, the Vote for Pedro shirts were, like, a big thing kind of around that time area. And so because uh, of the movie, and uh, we were just like, yeah, vote for Uncle George. Vote for Uncle George. Um, and we thought uh, Uncle George's life was so interesting that at small group uh, on Thursday nights, uh, we thought that it would be great to act out uh, some of Uncle George's life. And we thought about acting out uh, about how he, his wife left him and all that good stuff. And what we would do is our small group leader, he had this dog and uh, he had this uh, little stuffed bear that he really liked. And uh, we pretended that the stuffed bear was his ex-wife Angie. And the dog was Uncle George, and Micah would be the other man, Ryan. And so uh, the the dog loved this toy, and so Micah would run up and be like, Hi, I'm Ryan. He's like, I'm going to take Angie away from you. And the dog would chase him, and we would act out this whole dramatic scene, making fun of my Uncle George's life, which was really sad, to say the least. And for some reason, we thought his life was so entertaining and um, as bad as it was, I remember we pushed the buttons with Uncle George when he would come around. 
we would be like, oh yeah, I heard uh, from from your kids. One of one of the kids, um, he said that uh, Ryan said whatever, and you know we would just kind of put like a word in his ear, like oh yeah, Ryan, her new Angie's new man said this, that, or the other thing, and he would get like real mad. He'd be like, well, Ryan's an idiot, and so every time something like that would happen. Now we're acting it out with this dog, and it's the same thing. And so now the dog's chasing after us, and we're giving it, you know, little subtitles of what Uncle George would say. And so the dog would start chasing after me, be barking, and here's Chris in the background being like, you tell Ryan he's an idiot, and stuff like that. And, I mean, we acted out the whole thing. For some reason, we thought that he was his life was hilarious. I'm not sure why. Uh, seventh grade boys, I, I really don't know. Why, why we thought that was so great. We were 13. We didn't have cable. We didn't really have video game consoles. We couldn't drive. Uh, we didn't so, have cell phones. We didn't have cell phones, yes. This was before the cell phone era. There was no social... I mean, there was like Facebook. Facebook was just launching off the ground, let me tell you, in like 2007. Um, so social media wasn't really a big thing. Um so we just decided to make our own entertainment at my Uncle George's expense. I'm sorry, Uncle George, if you're listening and you know who we're talking about. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but we just thought it was fun, and we would, like, I don't know what our fascination with Uncle George was. We would, like, even make up stories that about stuff that, like, he did uh, that he never did just to make his life more entertaining and more interesting. Uh, but we, we looked up to Uncle George. Uh, fun fact for you, I actually got in trouble because this was right around whenever he was going through his uh, custody battle. I shouldn't. I feel bad because we kind of made fun of it. Um, but his kids, uh, Uncle George did not want his kids to know where he lived because he didn't want his ex-wife knowing where he lived. Uh, and so I remember my cousin messaged me on Facebook and he was like, where's my dad? And I said, well, I can't tell you that information. That's not really any of your business or my business. And, uh, I got in trouble for that. Also, I hope uncle George moved several times. And, uh, this man was also very cheap and he paid me in tacos to help him move. And I guess, I don't know. I was like 17 though at the time. And so paying a 17 year old boy in tacos to help him move. I was just like, oh, this was it. And it was like, it was just me and my brother like helping him move. Like, and my brother was like two years younger than me. So like two teenage kids helping you move a full house, like full three bedroom house. Yeah, it ain't cutting it. But uh, yeah, that, 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 that's, you got any other stories about Uncle George? Uh, Well, we know. I remember I came over to Chris's house one time and uh, his brother Matthew had went fishing with Uncle George and apparently under Uncle George's care, um, his brother Matthew got hooked in the face on accident. And um, yeah, I don't know why that always stuck in my mind, but I'm just like, good job, Uncle George. You let you let your nephew get hooked in the face. I mean, probably not his fault, but still. Um yeah, Uncle George was an interesting fellow. I really don't know why we we thought he was so fascinating or why we made him a mythical figure and made up a bunch of stuff about his life. I'm not sure. But it was fun. Fun. We had to create our own entertainment. So, yep. 
Dad's uncle George. Yeah, he took us skating like every Saturday. Uh, we went to the skate rink every Saturday. So anytime I hear a song, it takes me back to the skate rink. Yeah. But uh, anyways, that's enough of that. Next week we'll go back to telling stories because we got we still got a whole bunch of good stories for you. So twenty six halfway there. Uh, we got more stories for you. Uh, for the next twenty six. But our next segment is the jail report, which is the jelly donut. <laughs> All right, Micah, I got two stories for you today. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, this one is called Room 348. Okay. You might have heard okay. you might have heard about this, but uh, I don't know exactly when this happened. But uh, a man named Greg uh, was sitting in a hotel room, uh, and he was on business like in Texas, right? Uh, just you know, stayed there for a couple of days. Well, apparently, uh, he was found dead, like, maybe, like, three days into his stay, right? And they thought that, uh, at first, he had a death by a heart attack, right? Uh, and then they ruled that out, and then they thought that he had, uh, was dead by a heavy object. They thought, like, he got struck by a heavy object. So, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't, figure out why, why this man was dead, right? So, uh, in the meantime, there was these two guys that came down to Texas uh, for work. This all happened in Texas. And they were known to, like, go to the bar all the time and, like, get really rowdy and stuff. So, uh, they were really rowdy, and one night they go back to their room, and they're uh, drinking some drinks, and they have a gun, and the gun, like, goes off. And so, uh, nobody thinks nothing of it. Well, apparently what had happened was they fired the gun and the gun went through the wall into the adjoining room and struck, uh, Greg, like, in the head. Uh, it says, uh, it wasn't until one of the guys next door came clean about his friend jokingly firing his gun in the room that the case was closed. Uh, the accidental firing caused the bullet to go through the conjoining room's wall and into uh, Mr. Greg leading to his death. This case was not one of the hardest to solve and even harder to believe it could happen. So it was like he was sitting in the exact spot that the bullet like went. Like it just, they accidentally fired the gun and he just happened to be at the wrong place uh, at the wrong time. Uh, and the guy that shot it, he like didn't go check and see if like someone in the next room had got like hurt. So he was definitely arrested and sentenced shortly after the discovery, but the police could just not, uh, figure, figure out what had happened. Um, and so then they found the bullet, uh, I guess somehow. And then they figured out the story. I would figure maybe they would see the bullet hole in the wall. It's like, okay, the bullet came through the wall, you know, and kind of went there. Cause bullet holes in the wall are kind of easy to notice. Yeah, but it just depends. Maybe if it was, like, a small bullet, I don't know. Um, and especially, like, if they just saw the man dead, if, especially if it was, like, a small, you know, round and they couldn't, like, find that there was a gunshot wound. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, I guess investigators at first thought it was a heart attack. So, obviously, I think it hit his heart, not his head. So, I was, I was mistaken on that. It hit his heart, and they thought that he just had a heart attack. But I guess this was, like, before autopsies and stuff. That's crazy. I mean, you would think there would be blood everywhere, right? And if he got shot, but I don't, I don't know. Crazy. Crazy story. Like I said, maybe it was just a small caliber round, and it was just big enough to, like... Because think about it, like, 
if it had gone through like a conjoining room, it, it hit several walls, so it probably slowed down and yeah. didn't, you know, as opposed to point blank range. Well, it just it really sucks for him. I mean, wrong place, wrong time. That's got to be terrible. Yeah. Okay. So I got a second story for you. Um, this story takes place in uh, guess which state? Florida. Yes, it does. It takes takes place in Florida. So, uh, a 33-year-old man uh, named Nathaniel uh, pulled off a home robbery, right? So, he went in, broke into this house, and made off with thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, uh, stole a whole bunch of stuff. So, he goes to the pawn shop and tries to pawn it off, uh, but he gets caught, and I'll tell you how he gets caught. The owner of the pawn shop was the woman that he robbed. So... She didn't know that the house had been robbed, right? So he started showing the store manager the goods he was looking to sell, but then the woman realized that they were suspiciously identical to items from her own jewelry collection. So she was like, hey, that kind of looks like my necklace. That kind of looks like uh, my watch or whatever. So unaware at the time that her home had been robbed earlier in the day, the manager excused herself to the back and called her husband, and she was like, hey, like, this stuff kind of looks like my jewelry. Were we robbed? Um, the husband told her, yeah, we, have, they found out that, I guess they had been robbed. They both weren't home. So he went home and found out that they were robbed. So the husband and the police arrived at the store at the same time. And, uh, Coleman was arrested and police returned to the couple's home with the husband. The house had been ransacked and a back door had been forced open, confirming indeed the items Coleman had tried to pawn were the manager's own items. And, uh, he has been charged with dealing in stolen items, defrauding a pawnbroker, and grand theft of items between $5,000 and $10,000. What's the likelihood that uh, you break into somebody's house, you steal their stuff, you go to the pawn shop to sell it, and it's the pawn owner's stuff? I mean, I don't think that's coincidence. That's just got to be like, you know what? God got you. Like, <laughs> like bro, like, yeah. like you, that is like crazy, crazy, crazy. It's... God's ready for you to learn a lesson, buddy. <laughs> this this time it's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a crazy story. Um, it, you know, actually I have one from today. Actually happened today, and I haven't told Chris the story yet. So this is an exclusive for everybody. So I'm at work, and um, I work for an IT company, and um, we we partner with this company who. Um, does pharmaceuticals and things like that, but uh, they give iPads to all their people. Well, we had um, somebody call in and report an iPad stolen, and you know they sent us pictures and everything, and it was a smash and grab. You could tell they had had it in the back seat, which, by the way, don't put your electronics in the back seat. I mean, criminals especially thieves are looking for a crime of opportunity. If there's only a window between them, they're busting the window and they're getting that stuff. So please don't put your electronics in the backseat of your car. Anyways. So he gets this iPad stolen and they sent us all the pictures, police report and all that stuff. So a part of our procedure is we lock the iPad. We put a message on there saying, Hey, this has been lost or stolen this is locked. In order to get it unlocked, you have to call this number. And typically, it's somebody will call and say, hey, I found this. And then you coordinate with them to get it back. 
Well, today, a few hours later, we get a call from a man, and he claimed that he bought this iPad two or three years back from a wholesaler, and he wiped the device, and now it has this information on there saying that I, ha- I have to call to unlock it. And so this sent up red flags for the agent who took the call and everything, so they tell me about it. And I'm like, whatever you do, do not unlock that iPad and get on the phone and get as much information as possible. So I was listening to the call as well. This guy was a class A idiot. I mean, I really, you know, they say criminals are dumb, but geez. So, you know, he's posing like he bought this iPad. Well, when I told my agent to get all the information possible, he got everything address, phone number, name, like first, middle, and last name, you know, got all of that information. And then not just that, but the tracking on the iPad was active. So we could see where the iPad was. It's in the middle. It was in the middle of Louisiana. And he gave us an address to his house. And we matched up the address of the house to where it said in the location for the iPad we just called the cops, and they knew exactly where he was. He gave us every bit of information to catch him. Dang, that's pretty That's pretty cool. Like, not cool that it happened, but, like, that's cool that, like, all the pieces just fell into that. Because he probably thought that y'all, like, actually believed him. Uh, so, that that's yeah. funny. What did y'all, like, end up telling him at, before y'all got off the phone, like... Well, the way we got him to tell everything is we told him, well, in order to get it off, you have to send it back to us first. We'll wipe the iPad, take all of our company stuff off, and then we'll send it back to you and everything. And he was just like, all right, sure, and gave us every bit of information. And then right before we got off the call, we just told him, yeah, we'll be sending a box out to you in a few days to collect the iPad to refurbish it. And he was just like, all right, fine. And just totally, totally acted like didn't think anything about it. But um, they arrested him because the police department ended up calling back and saying that they had arrested him. And it was like 30 minutes later. It did not take long. They ended up arresting him. And they asked us if we wanted to press charges. And that's, that wasn't our call to make. But regardless, I mean, I don't know what charges he would face. Definitely theft. Um, you know, but those iPads are only worth four or $500. So... That level of theft, I mean, even if he does get arrested and charged, I don't see him being in for a long time. Um, you know, it, it all depends on his history, right? But same time, it wasn't that big of a thing. It wasn't that big of a you know crime. But I'm sure he was probably trying to sell it, you know, and he knew he couldn't sell it to anybody because there's a big old thing that says property of this company and to call this number to get it unlocked. Yeah. And so he's probably just trying to get it unlocked so he could sell it. Yeah, that's probably what happened. So anyways, that was our jelly donut. Uh, Good stories, man. Good stories. All right. The next segment is the donut hole. All right. So for the donut hole this week, uh, it's going to be the worst thing that I've watched this week. Okay. Oh man. So, uh, I am. Uh, I'm gonna nix one of them because it's a movie, and I'll talk about that movie later uh, in another episode. But it's a TV show on Netflix. Um, and just 
precursor, I told Micah not to watch this because it was so horrible, but the man watched it anyway. Uh, it is this TV series by Mike Myers. You've probably seen it on Netflix. It's called The Pentaveret, and it's making fun of secret societies and secret organizations, right? And at first, when I first like saw like the uh, like it on Netflix, I was like, oh, no, it's not going to be funny. So I like hovered over it. You know how they play that little preview. And I thought the preview was funny. I said, okay, I'll give this a shot. I like Mike Myers. Mike Myers has kind of fell off the past couple of years. Uh, but I'll give this a shot. Because um, who knows? It kind of looks funny. So the like storyline it was kind of hit and miss. I could see the idea, and it was, like, really good. But, like, I kept waiting for it to be funny. And it's got, like, Keegan-Michael Key, which Keegan-Michael Key from Key & Pill is funny. And Mike Myers is playing all these different characters. And I'm like, okay, this can kind of be funny. But, like, it was just the jokes were off. Like, it was just overly raunchy humor. And, for, of course, those of y'all that have seen Mike Myers' humor, you know that Mike Myers is going to be a little raunchy, which was fine. But it was, like, these jokes that just were not funny they were all raunchy and just not funny and i just sat there i only got two episodes in before i said nah like i'm not gonna watch this like this is this is stupid like it wasn't funny what did you think about it micah so first of all to justify because my man here chris did tell me not to watch this and i should have listened to him but the dang intro on netflix when you hover over it got me too that's what got me um, I thought the same thing. I mean, because what I was looking for, I was looking for a background show. I was looking for something to pay, play in the background because I had this very important project due. And so I'm working on that. And I'm like, I just need something to where when I hit a mental block or I need to stop or something, I could just look up for a second and have some humor. So turn on Netflix, see this thing. And if you've seen Mike Myers, I mean, most of most people know Mike Myers from Austin Powers. Um, you know, one of his characters in this show, The Pentaveret, he is a Canadian news anchor, like one of those in-the-field news anchors. Um, for all my Augusta folks, the George Escola of, you know, what's going on here. Uh, I'm sure absolutely nobody knows who I'm talking about with George Escola. I digress. Anyways, so... Um, but, you know, that was one of his characters in the secret society. You know, Keegan-Michael Key is getting, um, like, initiated into this thing, like, secret society. And the secret society is comprised of all Mike Meyer characters except for Keegan-Michael Key. So you're sitting there thinking, okay, this is going to be funny. Each character, there's like a Russian character, there's like an old British general type, you know, there's these just different characters, and you think back to like Austin Powers where he's playing multiple characters like Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, you know, whatever, and it's been funny, but like Chris said, you can tell that there is supposed to be humor there, but most jokes that hit... You're sitting there and you're looking at the screen going, I know that was supposed to be a joke... And I know that I was supposed to be funny, but it wasn't at all. And the hard part is I watched a whole episode uh, before I stopped, and you just keep expecting it to be funny. Uh, but in defense of myself, I watched the intro, watched Mike Myers. He looked like the old Mike Myers, so I thought, okay, Mike Myers is making a comeback. And I liked Mike Myers back in the day. 
I thought he was pretty funny. So I thought, okay, he's making a comeback. He's going to have funny characters. It's going to be great. And, you know, Chris said it was boring, but hey, Chris and I don't have to agree on everything. Maybe there's some things that I'll think is funny and is not. I should have listened to my man. I should have listened to my man. What can I say? Because the thing is, it, it wasn't funny. I watched that entire episode. There was multiple characters that came in that you were like, man, this guy has potential to be a really funny character. And it was just more... Like, it wasn't just the raunchy jokes. There was just jokes in there that just did not land. They were bland. And you're sitting there, you know, and I was sitting there questioning my own sense of humor. Like, do I just not know what's funny? Or is this just not funny? I mean, it, it just really wasn't funny, I don't think. Yeah, uh, and, like, he pokes fun at the whole secret society thing. And, like, it's supposed to be funny. Um, and, like I said, the idea was there. And... Uh, I just thought that, and I felt bad for Keegan-Michael Key because you could tell that, like, he was trying with what he had. Like, he 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 was trying to make it funny, but, like, it just wasn't landing. It was just the material was not there. Um, and, like, have you, have you ever seen an actor before that's been in something, maybe low budget or maybe that they're not 100% into, and they're trying really hard because they're like, man... I want to make this better. That was Keegan-Michael Key in it. Like, you could tell he knew the jokes weren't funny. He knew that he's like, I'm just trying to make this as funny as possible. Like, you could tell he really was not into it. And he really didn't care for for it. But he was trying to be there and help it. Yeah, and I mean, everybody has their own different style of humor. You know, some people, for example, think British humor is funny. I don't personally, but like, I'm all cool for everybody's style of humor and stuff. But it, I just don't think that it was it was good jokes. Maybe he was trying to appeal to a different audience of humor than what he's done in the past. But like, I mean, it's kind of like with Adam Sandler, like Adam Sandler is funny, but some of his newer stuff, it's like hit miss. Some of it's good, some of it's not. But like. You know, me and Micah consider ourselves like students of comedy, I guess, and we like laughing and we like jokes, but it's like you can tell when somebody is like kind of just, they run their course, they're not the same, and it, it was kind of sad to see Mike Myers, and I get it, like, in the show, there's like Canadian, they're making fun of Canada and Canadian humor and all that stuff, so maybe there was some stuff that I didn't understand, but like, even when they were trying to make fun of Canada, Canadians and the way they talk like it still wasn't even though I knew what they were making fun of it just didn't it wasn't funny so I don't know I don't recommend you go watch it but hey check it out for yourself maybe not everybody thinks we're funny and hey if you think that's the best show out there I mean more power to you I just couldn't understand it I think that's mainly where we're at is it wasn't funny because I understand the humor was supposed to be there but maybe it's just humor I don't understand I'm, I'm open to that. Well, normally shows that are good and top rated and everybody likes are on like Netflix top 10 and they weren't on the top 10. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything. But anyways, to the next segment. Uh, it is what fries are donuts. Michael, what fries your donut? Oh, Chris, 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 Chris. What fries my donuts? And okay, I can't put this into a sentence. There's multiple things that fry my donuts about this. So I had an experience this week. And I'm not going to tell you the whole experience because it's a incredibly 
crazy story. Chris has heard it. You can attest to it, right? It's a pretty crazy story. Yeah, it's a long story, so kind of make, give the short version of it. Yeah, I'm not telling the whole story. Essentially, what happened was uh, we had to grab something out of our storage unit, and there's this crazy lady, and she is, I mean, she's she's nuttier than a fruitcake, let me tell you. And she um, was unloading her stuff, and... I've had encounters with her before and I try to stay away from her cause she can, she can really talk and she gets on these tangents about how all the high schools are on meth and all sorts of stuff. And you just want to get away from her. Right? So we get what we need from the storage room, but unfortunately um, my car wasn't starting and I mean, she's parked right there and whatever. So she offers um, assistance. Like I told her, we have family members coming. It's probably just a jump start. Don't worry about it. But she, you know, gets in her car, asks five jumper cables, and she, you know, pulls around and is like willing to help. So I'm like, okay, fine. Well, first, she starts talking crap about everything. And I'm talking about my car. The jumper cables aren't good. Like they're a piece of crap. You need better jumper cables. Like, the car's too old, you don't need to be having such an old car. Like, just talking mess about everything. And mind you, this is Texas heat, like 95 degrees, and it was like 4 in the afternoon. So, I mean, it's hot out there. And so we start um, we start the process to jump the car. And she ends up, you know, she was nice and whatnot. And the car still didn't start just off of there. So we said, okay, we're just going to take a minute let it charge up the battery if it is the battery, and then we're going to do it. Well, all of a sudden, she flips on a dime and was like, we'll try to start it now. If it doesn't start now, it never will. We're just wasting gas here. And she just kind of flips out. Well, when she initially started helping us, she, you know, I said, you know, thank you for the help, right when she started pulling her car up. And she said, you know, I, I'm just the good Samaritan. I see myself as the good Samaritan, and I love helping people, and it's no problem and, you know, all this stuff. Well, um, the car doesn't end up starting. It wasn't the battery. Um, but meanwhile, this lady now, because she helped us, she ends up going in and she, like, I'm trying to take this battery off so we could take it to the local auto parts store. And she says, hey, you need to come inside and help me move my stuff. I helped you. You need to help me. And, I'm, you know, I tell her, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm trying to take this battery off. I'm trying to get this car fixed. And she kind of gets mad, doesn't say anything. Well, meanwhile, uh, my fiance comes by and she's trying to get these family members in that were going to help jumpstart the car around the corner. And this lady says, you, you're going to come help me in my storage unit and, you know, kind of whisk her away. And I'm like, no, don't, don't do that. And so my fiance tells her like, nah, I'm not going to help you. Well, she says, well, then you owe me money for my help because that wasn't free. We wasted gas and all sorts of stuff. And we get into this whole big thing. I, we ended up giving her a little bit of money and she was not satisfied with the amount of money that we gave her. And so she ended up coming out there and I mean, just yelling and screaming and, and she ended up, um, I mean, just saying some really nasty stuff. What fries my donuts about the whole thing? Don't call yourself a good Samaritan, but then ask for money in return or ask for something in return works or something like that. You can't call yourself that. And plus, when you pull your car around like that, 
That is you volunteering your gas, your time, everything like that. I mean, that's that's all assumed stuff. I mean, the thing is, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and give money. You know, my thing is, if I'm calling myself a good Samaritan and I'm out in the street and I go help somebody, I am definitely not asking anybody for money for anything, right? I'm not asking them for nothing. That's me helping you out. And it really just aggravated me that she wanted us to return the favor or give her money or whatever. And, I mean, she came out with this whole, you know, well, I'm an elderly woman and we're on a fixed income and this money is not going to help me out. And we burned more in gas than you gave me in money, which it wasn't true. We only, you know, she only helped us for five minutes or so. And the funny thing was, here's the really ironic part. It's, it's funny how quickly people forget some things. The last time I was at the storage unit, she was there and she had this bicycle rack, this big metal bicycle rack on the back of her car. And she was trying to take it off by herself and she was having trouble. So she asked for my help. And I took time out of my day and I was busy that day, but I helped her take that bike rack off. And I didn't say nothing. I didn't ask for nothing. You know, I pulled that thing off. She said, thank you. We went on our way. And... So I mentioned that to her. She's out in this parking lot. She's yelling, screaming, saying how it's not fair. I should have never helped you if you're not going to help me and all this stuff. And I brought that up to her. And I said, well, if you remember the last time that we were here, I actually helped you. And in fact, I just gave you money and helped you. So if anything, we're beyond even. And she literally just went off and just went crazy. So what really fries my donuts is people... First of all, beggars can't be choosers in some situations, I guess. Because the thing is, I mean, shoot, we gave her money. What more does she want? I mean, we we literally gave her more than we probably should have. And she still was not happy with that. And just the sheer fact that she wanted to call herself a good Samaritan, but wanted to turn back around and have, you know, get the glory and have us do her a favor is ridiculous. Yeah, that's how it is a lot with a lot of people now. A lot of people do good things, but they don't have good motives behind it. You know, we talked about this before where people like they just go help you uh, just so like other people can see or so they they can get Facebook clout. And I hate when people like put a camera in somebody's face and like, oh, yeah, this is John. Uh, John was having this, this, this problem. And I went and I prayed for him. And it's like, I mean, that's cool, bro. But like you're when they post it on Facebook, it's like you're doing this for attention and you're doing this so that other people can see what you're doing. When you're a really good Samaritan, I mean, think about it. The story of the good Samaritan, you know, the good Samaritan actually paid for all of that guy's bills. Like he went out of his way to help him and he put the tab on him. So at the same time, it's like, and he didn't go around telling everybody about it. Like he was just like, you know what, whatever he needs. And so that's when, whenever you truly want to help somebody, you do it because you want to see that person actually get help. Absolutely. And the thing is, I wish there was more honesty out there because if we would have knew what all that entailed, we would not have accepted her help, period. You know, we could have figured it out on our own. We don't need to owe anybody for any little thing. It was ridiculous. So the thing is, um, don't volunteer for things that you're not willing to do for free because the thing is, you know, I treated that as a volunteer situation, but anyways, I digress. That really fries my donuts when, when people are two sided like that. 
Yeah, I totally get you. Well, our next segment is the improv segment, which is our mystery donut. So, uh, for free improv, we're going to do a couple old men at a at a coffee shop. Now, there's going to be more than just two, so we're going to throw a couple characters in there, a couple accents. We don't know who's coming to this old coffee shop, uh, but we're going to see, see how it goes. Are you ready, Micah? All right, here we go. I'll start. Well, over here it. Jim Bob's coffee shop. Gotta get my coffee black. You ain't a man if you don't drink your coffee black. You gotta drink your coffee black? I always have mine with cream and sugar. Hey, yo, Jim, you over there drinking your coffee black? Maybe that's why you got uh, prostate cancer it's from drinking black coffee all that time. All I'm saying, Roy. <coughs> Excuse me. All I'm saying, Roy is you need to shut up with your Brooklyn self. Hey, 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 over there, honey. Who you talking to? You over there smoking out your stoma over there. You smoking eight packs a day. What you cutting down? What do you smoke, camels? Joe, Paul Malls? You know I smoke Marble Red 100. <laughs> don't come over here with that camel crap. Well, I don't know if y'all see, but at the men's breakfast last Saturday, Ernie, he, uh, he showed up a little light. And you know why he was late? Because he was over there uh, having to get his tires fixed. Because guess what? The warranty ran out on his tires. I told him to make sure you got that gap insurance and that gray insurance. Ernie, that guy, he didn't pay his tab last time. That's what I heard. He didn't pay his tab. He just died and dashed. Got on out of there. Yeah. Imagine, he, he could pay his tires. He'd pay for his tires. I bet he pays with that money he'd be skipping out from the... Yeah, and what about you over there, George? You left me over there at the Denny's with a Grand Slam home run breakfast, and I had to pay for it out of my pocket, out of my social security. You think I worked 50 years down at the docks just so I could pay for your Denny's? Listen, all I'm saying is, I helped jumpstart your car. That $5 was a measly $5. That's all? You owe me that Grand Slam. Now, George, don't get all in a wand. You know what I think any time this situation happens WWAD what would Andy Griffith do now Andy Griffith would make sure that he paid for everybody he'd make sure that Aunt B cooked for everybody even Barney and Gomer Pyle so we all just need to remember what that Andy Griffith would do that man's a saint I tell you that much Can you stop blowing that smoke in my face? I'm telling you, I'm dealing with mesothelioma over here from being a painter and working with all that asbestos. You just want to be over here talking about Andy Griffith. Shut up about that. <laughs> yep, yep, I knew that's what happens. You smoke them Marlboro Red 100s every day. Yep, get cancer in the throat. That's what happens. You're going to be, you know what? You ain't even going to have to work on your social security check. You ain't even going to have to live off it. You know why? Because you're about to live off of them cancer commercials from throat smoking. That's why. They're going to pay you. They're going to pay you to be a, go talk to schools, be paying it so the kids will stop smoking. Well, at least they'll give me some money and maybe some free smokes. That's all that, that that's good for me. Hey, yo, honey, did you leave your voice box at home? Where's your little, little toy thing that you put up to your voice to help you talk clear? I can't even understand you, and I know I'm from Brooklyn, but I can't even understand you. You can't understand me? Well, I can't understand you. Yep, yep. Well, who's, who's going to be paying for this check? 
because I ain't paying for it. I paid for it last time. Every time I gotta pay for a check, y'all become astronomers. Looking at the freaking stars when the check comes. Don't talk about paying no check. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who you talking about the lucky stars over there? I'll tell you what, I'm gonna give you a knuckle sandwich. I'll buy you a lunch. Knuckle sandwich with a glass of Hawaiian punch and keep talking to me over there. All I'm saying is, you look like old Copernicus over there. Looking at your stars through your little thimble. While the check comes, I gotta put my card down. Everybody looking elsewhere. I don't know about no Copernicus, but I knew a guy named Skeeter one time. He was pretty smart. He looked through a pair of binoculars down there at the Daytona 500. Man, I, <laughs> I think we should end it there. That was the most crazy myriad of people at a table I think I, I think we've ever heard. Yeah, uh, I think my favorite was the smoker guy. He was he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was that was totally random. I just went with that. So. That's, that's the beauty of improv. Characters come out of nothing. Yep. So that was a little bit more range for us. It was hard to uh, keep all the names straight whenever I was doing Yeah, that. it was. But anyways, so our last and final segment is the eclair, which is our positive advice. And I am going to let you go first. All right. Mine this week is happy. Celebrate good times. And I'm not going to do like the song. Come on. I'm not going to do that. But you need to celebrate the good times. It's so easy to not celebrate it. And I know we've said this before. But the thing is, so it's graduation season, right? And I went to a graduation. And there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, they can tend to be long and everything. Especially if it's a loved one or a family member. It's a very exciting occasion. But you know what's interesting? We get there and we're so excited and happy for the other person. But all we want to do is leave. All we want to do is leave. Same with the graduate. All they were talking about is, man, this is taking so long. Man, this is taking so long. Oh, come on. I just want to leave. I just want to go home. I want to do all that. When in reality, this is a setup thing that is celebrating a culmination of hard work, years of blood, sweat, and tears, and dedication, and yet we're sitting there going, let's go home. I'm tired of this already. Listen, celebrate those good times. Try to take it all in. These things are once in a lifetime, you know, and I'm not just talking about graduation. I'm talking about weddings. I've been to weddings before where people are like, let's just get this over with. And I'm not talking about because they're not excited about the wedding. They're not excited about whatever. They're just trying to get from point A to point B. They're just trying to get it done as fast as possible. But you can't enjoy life if you're trying to get from point A to point B so quickly all the time. Enjoy those moments because Later on, when you, those will be the first people that say those were the good old days, but they never lived a moment of those good old days because they were too busy trying to get to the next point. So just take a moment, stop and smell the roses. You're doing great. That's my eclair for the week. Nice. And mine kind of piggybacks off, off of your whole uh, graduation uh, analogy. Um, so mine is like, uh, always be a student. Always keep learning. Um, just whenever you get out of school, the learning isn't done. Always try to learn something new uh, daily. Always have the mindset of, hey, what can I learn? Um, who can I learn? Because there's always somebody that can teach you something. Never have the mindset that you have it all figured out because none of us have it figured out. Um, but just be a student. Continue to learn things. Continue to read books. Uh, or if you don't like reading books, listen to podcasts, or do research on something that you enjoy or you love, but just continue to be a student. Uh, so yeah, so we, like Micah said, we are celebrating these happy times. Uh, 26, that's a big feat for us. We're halfway through 
to a year, and I can't wait to celebrate uh, episode 50. So, uh, tvtrashcan.com. Tell them again, Michael, where they can go to our website. tvtrashcan.com. We're putting new stuff on there. Um, we've got... I've extended more episodes on the site. So, still the same shows, but we've got more episodes to it. So, if you've watched all the episodes that are there on the website, there's more now. So, go over there and watch it. Hopefully, y'all are enjoying it. But we appreciate every single one of you guys. I mean, episode 26... Every week for half a year, you guys have joined us. You really are OGs, and we can't thank you enough. We appreciate the fan base. Absolutely. Hashtag Trash Can Nation. Yes, you said everything that I was going to say, man. Like, it's just been so phenomenal, and we thank all of you guys that have supported us. Hey, here's to another 26. These 26 are going to be great. Uh, Y'all are definitely Trash Can OGs, so... We're going to sign off, and I hope you all have a wonderful week, that everything good is coming your way, and that we helped encourage you. So I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. We'll see you all next time.